Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Back in uh, 2012, the Lord called and uh, I to pastor a very small church or a small church in Burbank. I, I, I wondered, I wonder who said no so that they, they could ask me. <laughs> um, it was a very small church, and I remember uh, I felt unqualified. I felt that there was no way that uh, God would be able to use me. And uh, I remember the very first Sunday that I was there, a lady, sister from the church came up to me and said, Pastor, I, I need to talk to you. Uh, I've been having an affair for six months and I haven't told my husband and I need for you to come and uh, talk to us. And I just felt unqualified. I thought, you know, I, I, I don't feel that I'm qualified. I, you know, didn't take much courses on counseling and just didn't feel qualified. Well, I remember the very first Sunday that we were there. Uh, I remember uh, one of the brothers, Brother Bill. He took my wife and I, my wife and I, out to uh, lunch, and uh, we were talking. I've told this story before, and we were talking. And he asked, he was talking, and he asked me about my education and so on and so forth. And and then he asked me, and then I asked him. I said, Brother Bill, what do you do? Mango, brother. He says, Well, I'm a, I'm an engineer. And uh, I asked his wife, Sister Ada, I said, Sister Ada, what do you do? She says, well, I'm a nurse practitioner. And those who know what a nurse practitioner is, they're practically doctors. And here's a poor old boy from Pacoima. Now he's going to be their spiritual leader. I felt unqualified. I thought, how can God use me? Anybody ever felt that way? Yeah. Ever felt like you wanted to pray for someone, but you just didn't feel qualified? Maybe you wanted to lead a Bible study, but you just didn't feel qualified. Or maybe you wanted to join the worship team, but you just didn't feel qualified. You know, yesterday we had prayer and I was praying and I was kneeling and I heard this wonderful voice. And I thought, man, where's that wonderful voice coming from? Well, it was coming from Brother Joe. I said, man, Brother Joe can join the worship team. <laughs> Anybody ever felt that way? Like you felt unqualified? Maybe you felt like taking Pastor Manolo out for dinner, but you didn't feel qualified. Well, don't feel. You can't take me out to dinner. I love burgers. Burgers is my thing. Praise God. So there in your outline, we're, we're going to read, read a story in, in Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 16. And I entitled my message in a form of a question. Can God really use me? If you open up your outlines there, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing, uh, breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found any who were, who were there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. 
he fell to the ground and heard the voice to him saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting, he replied. Verse 6, now get up and go into the city. You will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up, Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened up his eyes, he could see he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Verse 10, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for the man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to the holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all those who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This, is the, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to the kings and to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. You know, every time I read the story of the Apostle Paul, I, I stand amazed at the great grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I see how this man, Saul, how... God saved him by his grace, transformed him into the apostles of the Gentiles. And I realize that there is hope for people like me to be used mightily and powerfully for the Lord. Now, the truth is that Saul was an unlikely candidate for the service of the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us that he was feared, he was despised by the Christians who did Paul did everything in his power to destroy the church and to destroy the name of Jesus Christ. Yet the Bible tells us that God reached down by grace. He took this man from where he was and he used him to change the world. As a matter of fact, God used him in such a great and awesome matter that Paul's ministry is still reaping fruit today in 2023. Amen. Now, just the fact that, that we are talking about the life of the Apostle Paul and the impact that the Apostle Paul made in the world is a testimony that God is still using the Apostle Paul today. So when we look at, at the Apostle Paul, uh, we may be tempted to think that the Apostle Paul was some sort of gilded saint, some sort of super saint, some sort of superhuman being. And we may feel that there is no possible way that God can use me like he did the Apostle Paul. Or that God can even use us at all. And I, and I suppose that, that all of us have felt inferior or unworthy to be used of the work, to be used of the Lord and his work. But I am here to tell you that Jesus can and will use you if you make yourself available to the Lord. Amen. 
There was a song that we used to sing. It was kind of like an every Sunday song. It says, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. Use my hands, use my feet, take my heart. If you can use anything, you can use me. What I'm trying to tell you is that the Lord can use you if you make yourself available to him. Can I get a witness? And some of you have asked that question. Can God really use my life? And I would like to answer that question by looking at the story of this man, the Apostle Paul, and showing you the obstacles that seem to be in the way of service. Those obstacles which seem no problem to God in overcoming the power that we have sometimes in when we feel inadequate for the Lord. So can God use your life? Turn around to your neighbor and tell him, can God use your life? So the first thing we have is, is that you can write this down. Your past condition is no obstacle. Your past condition is no obstacle. Some of you are chained to your past. And you can't move forward in the kingdom of God because you are chained to your past. You know, Jesus Christ says no one puts, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know why? Because a plowman starts, when he starts to look back, his plow line would become crooked. And it happens when the field he is harvesting, when he looks back, his, his line becomes crooked. You remember Lot's wife? When she is fleeing, she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. Well, I'm not, gonna, I'm not telling you that you're going to put it, you're going to uh, become a pillar of salt. But uh, what I am trying to tell you this morning is that don't look back. Right. Look forward because God can truly use you. Now, Paul tells us to forget what lies behind us. And what Paul is saying is don't look back in the way that will keep us from going forward. Don't look back in the way that'll keep us or make us prisoners to the past. Because looking back is the wrong way and it enslaves us to our past mistakes and to our past sins. Looking back is the wrong way we are to look forward in the kingdom of God. Amen. And according to Paul's own testimony, the Bible tells us that he was guilty of doing everything in his power to put Christianity and the church to death. Look at what it says there in your outline. I persecuted the followers of the way in their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Look at verse 14. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Now, the Apostle Paul tells us something about his past. Paul tells us that he was a murderer. That he rebelled against the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I said, he did everything in his power to put to death the Christian church and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, religiously, he was a man to be envied. Yes, he was. He was, he was very religious. 
But internally, he was wicked as any man who had walked the face of this earth. And so the Bible indicates that Saul, and we don't know why Saul became Paul. Perhaps Saul was his last name or, or because Saul was, was attributed to evil. But he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And Paul gave his approval, if you read this in the book of Acts, to the murder of Stephen. Since he guarded the clothes of those who stoned the preaching deacon to death. You remember the story of Stephen. Now Paul was a wicked man. But I want to tell you this morning that this proved no obstacle to the grace and the saving power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, when Paul received Jesus in his heart, he was changed forever by the grace and the mercies of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Here, God has made everything new. When you came to Christ, your past was forever forgotten by the Lord. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen? And let me tell every person under the sound of my voice that your past is no obstacle for the future work in the Lord. Can someone say amen? amen. Regardless of what you did before you, you received the Lord as your Savior, it matters no longer. When he saved your soul, he washed your past forever. I said when he washed, when, 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 you, when he saved your soul, he washed your past forever. It's just as you have gotten a brand new start for that moment. In fact, the Bible calls this the new birth. You know, there are, there are three records. There are three records of your past deeds in the world today. First, there is the record that you carry in your mind. Secondly, there is the record carried by all those who knew you before. I remember going to Target and, you know, uh, <laughs> during junior high school, I, I was a bully. And, and I was pretty tall. I know it's hard for some of you to believe that, but I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was taller than some of the, uh, the junior high school kids. And I remember going to Target, and I, I met this guy, his name's Roger Galvan, and he came up to me and said, hey, Manny. I said, hey, who's this? I didn't recognize him. He says, hey, it's you. I said, yes, it's me. You're the bully. Oh, man, that was my past life. I'm not the bully anymore, and I talk to him about Jesus Christ. But there is a record carried by all those who knew you before. You were known as La Gata or El Sleepy. El Smiley. El Aceria. Praise God, sad girl. Keep it going. Praise God. Not anymore. And third, there is a record carried by Satan. And let me tell you that he will throw it in your face every time. But may I remind you today that even though I may remember my past and my friends may remember my past and even though Satan surely remembers my past, 
Let me tell someone that God in heaven has forgotten my past and it's no obstacle for him using me for his honor and for his glory and using me for the work of the kingdom of God. It's no obstacle for the Lord to use me in the future. If you want to be used mightily and powerfully for the Lord, let me tell you that your past has nothing to do because God has already blessed and moved and changed and washed your sins away and it's no obstacle for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to be if you want to be used mightily by God, you need to make yourself available to him. Can someone say amen? amen. And so throughout the Bible, God used people in spite of their greatest failures. Anybody ever failed? Yes, I think all of us. And if you said no, you're lying. But in the Bible, God used people in spite of all in spite of their greatest failures. Look at Simon Peter. He preached his greatest message. 3,000 souls came to the kingdom of God. He preached his greatest message. He had his greatest ministry when he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Moses, he was a murderer. Yet God used him for his glory and for his honor. Samson sinned against God. The Bible says that he slew more Philistines in the end of his life than he had in his entire ministry. Yet God used him. Abraham lied, yet the Lord used him. Jacob was a deceiver, yet the Lord transformed his life and used him greatly. There are many other here, there are many others that I can name. But what I'm trying to tell somebody this morning is that God can use you in spite of your past. God can use you because you are no longer who you were. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you make yourself available to God, surely God can use you for his glory and for his honor. Can someone say amen? The second thing is your present circumstances are no obstacle. Your present circumstances are no obstacle. Now, what we just read, the Bible tells us that the Apostle Paul, he was on his way to Damascus to find the Christians, to arrest them, to take them, for the, to, take them uh, to their death. Now, the Bible tells us that he was filled with hatred. He wanted wanted nothing to do but to completely destroy anything that was connected to the church and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet in spite of all this, the Lord was able to change this man and use him for his glory. May I remind you that he can do the same thing in your life and in my. He can take us with all the baggage that we carry. Can I get a witness? And we do have baggage, amen? Yes, he can take us with all that baggage that we carry and he can use us for his glory. You know, we all bring liabilities into the table, don't we? We all have baggage. Some are uneducated. Others have few resources. Some are weak in the faith. Others are arrogant and filled with, with pride. However, I would like to remind you that the Lord is able to take us exactly where we are, change what needs to be changed, and use us greatly for his honor and for his glory. Again, the Bible is filled with that kind of story. Moses was 80 years old when the Lord called him to ministry. You remember the story of Moses? He had all sorts of problems. He says he wasn't very eloquent. 
He was filled with fear. He was totally opposed to the Lord's plan. Yet despise all the baggage that Moses carried, God was still able to use this man for his glory and for his honor. Remember the Gadarean, the demonic in Mark chapter 5? The Bible tells us that he was feared by everyone. But the Lord was able to take this man who caused so much trouble. He was able to witness of the glory of God. God took this man from where he has, where he was, changed him, and used him mildly and powerfully for his glory. In Kings chapter 7, the Bible tells us of four leopards who became the unlikely saviors of Jerusalem. God took them where they were at, saved Jerusalem in spite of their circumstances. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? What's your excuse? What I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to get to, to, for you to understand this morning is that your present circumstances didn't catch God by surprise. He knows everything about you. Look at what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of the Lord to whom we must give an account. He knows everything about you. He knows where you are. And he can still use your life if you yield it to the Lord. You know what the secret is? The secret is putting Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 to practice there in your outline. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will so put that into practice and God will use you. Third, your personal characteristics are no problem. And you could write that down. You know, the Bible tells us that Paul was feared by the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, he did everything in his power to, to destroy the church, to destroy the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And nothing new, right? Things haven't changed. We are surrounded by a world that is hostile to the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The social media has, uh, has really branded the church and those who follow the Lord as, as outdated, as antiquated. Can I get a witness? Amen. Nothing is new. The Apostle Paul was out to destroy the church, but nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. As believers, we are attacked from, from the left, from the right, from the east, from the west. We're attacked from every. But, but let me tell you that the church of God will not and cannot be destroyed. The Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. You know why? Because we belong to the greatest force in the universe. We have God on our side. And the church will not be destroyed. The church will be lifted up. And God's saints will be lifted up. And we will reign with God forever. Because we belong to him. We are not of this world. We belong to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? amen. You know, Paul was feared 
You know, there's a, there's a social media uh, video, and I like it because it shows a before and after. You know, it says, uh, the devil thought he had me, but Jesus said he was mine. Anybody ever seen those? I can imagine if the Apostle Paul lived in our time, he would be in that, you know, he would be in that video. The devil thought he had me. And they show this, this, this person who, who prior to coming to Christ was, was, was living a life of, 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 of sin, right? And then the after, right? She's coming to church and now she's worshiping the Lord. And, you know, the devil thought he had me, but Jesus said he was mine. The devil thought he had you, but Jesus said he was mine. The devil thought he had you, Brother Joe, but Jesus said you are mine. The devil thought he had Cindy, but, but Jesus said you are mine. The devil thought he had Rosa, but Jesus said you are mine. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Amen. God can take you from where you are. God can take you. He can place his spirit upon your life, transform your life, and use you mightily and greatly for the Lord. Use you mightily, greatly for his honor and for his glory. Like I said, if you just make yourself available to the kingdom of God, God will use you powerfully and mightily. Amen. Amen. You know, his, con- his conversion was seen to many as, as nothing more than sort of a, a trap designed to find the leaders. You know, they looked at this man. There's no way that this man could be transformed. There's no way. I mean, look at this man. He persecuted the church. He killed those who were in the way. That's what they called the Christians back then. People of the way, you know. Now in Spanish, it's a bad word, right? Someone got it. You know, but back then they used to call them the Christians, people of the way. And they thought there is no way that this man, Paul, can be a Christian. They ever look at you like that? I mean, they look at you. There's no way that, no, not him? No, no way. There is no way that this person can be a Christian. Oh, gee, devil thought he had me. Devil thought he had me. Devil thought he had me, but Jesus found me. Praise God. And that's how it was. The Apostle Paul, amen, they thought there's no way that this man could be changed. Look at him. He he killed the church. He destroyed the name of the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us that when he went to Jerusalem, because he he wanted to meet the apostles, and the apostles were very skeptical. (laughs) Hey, they said, no, we know that guy. We know that guy. No, there's no way that the Apostle Paul is good. Changed his life. The Bible tells us that Barnabas had to go with the Apostle Paul to introduce Paul to the leaders. Yet God was able to overcome this hurdle and still use the Apostle Paul in a great fashion. Now, if you take time to look at the Apostle Paul's life, you will, feel, you, you will find that this man had many personal characteristics, personal characteristics that seemed to be unfavorable to his success. Look at it in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verse 10. It says, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he's unimpressive and he is speaking amounts to nothing. In other words, they called the Apostle Paul a bird brain. They didn't think he was smart enough. They didn't think he was worthy enough, you know. But God was able to use him. God was able to use him in spite of, of all the wrongs and the physical ailments that he had. You know, if, if we get to the business of comparing ourselves to others, 
then we'll, 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 find it, we'll find it a rough ride. And many of us have personal characteristics that make us feel that we cannot be used of God effectively. However, I want to remind you that God can take the thing that we consider to be weakness and God could use it anyway. You see, he excels in taking the weak and the foolish things of the world and using them for his glory. Now let's again turn to the pages of the Bible. And we already mentioned Moses. But God took this old man who had an, a speech impediment and used him mightily. You know, God used a young Jewish girl named Esther to save the people from slaughter. God used a young man, an unknown boy by the name of David, to be the greatest king that Israel ever had, to sit on the throne. God used a beggar by the name of Lazarus to preach a daily sermon to the rich man. God used 12 unknown men from various walks of life to set this world on fire. Even the Son of God, Jesus Christ, had several strikes against him. All the people assumed that he was a bastard child to a Roman soldier. Others saw him as more of a son. Others saw him more of the son of Mary and Joseph. Most thought that there was no way that God could use someone from Nazareth. Others questioned the fact that he came from Galilee. And some even said that Jesus was nothing more than a tool for Satan. Even with these marks against Jesus Christ, who can deny that the Lord used his life for his honor and for his glory? Amen. As I said, regardless of who you are, where you come from, what problems you have, what personality you exhibit, what level of education you have, what level of acceptance by others, God can use it if you make yourself available to the Lord Amen. Jesus Christ. And last, your private concerns are no obstacles. Your private concerns are no obstacles. Look at what it says. Or because, there in your outline, it says, or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast with all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delighted in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I have already touched on this, but, but God was able to use the Apostle Paul despite of his physical infirmities. I mean, it plagued his life. Paul even stated that his weakness guaranteed him greater strength. And like Paul, 
You may look upon yourself of being weak and unable to do much for the cause of Christ. However, the truth of the matter is that God doesn't need us to be strong. To be able to stand upon our own two feet. He needs us to be weak and totally dependent upon him and his power. God isn't looking for spiritual powerhouses. He's looking for people who have nothing more than faith and desire to work and to cling for the Lord. Now, as we look at the Bible, we can find times when people were weak and God used him in such a great way. Look at Hannah. She wanted a child. And she turned to the Lord in desperation. And God gave her a son who was destined to be a great spiritual leader for the Israelite people. Daniel was a mere teenager when the Lord gave him the strength to stand against the king of Babylon. All because Daniel was totally yielded to the Lord. Mary, she was a young teenage girl. When God asked her to carry the Messiah in her virgin womb. Yet she was able to be strong in the Lord. And God used her in a mighty and powerfully way. Now I'm finishing with this. Some of you perhaps are fighting depression. Some of you are fighting loneliness. Some of you are fighting anxiety. Or maybe a feeling of inferiority. And some keep their wickedness in their hearts. And you feel inadequate. You feel that there is no way that God can use me. Well, I want to tell you this morning, whatever name your particular weakness is, it can be an obstacle to you if you allow it to be. But it's not a problem. For the Lord. For there is nothing impossible for our God. Nothing is impossible for your for God. He can take your life. He can make it an inspiration. He can use you for your glory, for his glory, for his honor. The secret lies in one word. Surrender it to God. Surrender it to the Lord. Surrender it to Jesus. And when you do that, God will use your life can God use your life yes yes God can use your life but you must yield it to the Lord you must give it over to the Lord you must yield it to his glory and to his honor we hope you enjoyed this message but before you go we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love, In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. 
We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.